Hello and welcome to the Tech Disruptors podcast hosted by Bloomberg Intelligence. In this podcast series, we talk with CEOs and management teams about their views on disruption and how it's driving their decision-making and strategy. My name is Mandeep and with me today is Michael Santonas, CTO of CrowdStrike. Michael, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. So look, you guys uh, have had a lot of success since the IPO, and clearly that's reflected in uh, both the market cap and just, you know, the market perceives your lead in the cybersecurity market. So maybe a good starting point is, you know, around CrowdStrike's differentiation in cybersecurity. And when we, you know, look at the companies in our space, a lot of the companies talk about being cloud native. Some of the companies that are doing AI are are more hardware focused. So can you lay it out for us? Like what is CrowdStrike's uh, mode and differentiation and how long do you think you can sustain it given, you know, a lot of other players are trying to do the same in this fragmented industry? Yeah, sure. Look, there's a lot to unpack there, but I think if I go back to day one, our differentiation really starts with our architecture. We have never gone down the same path as other next-gen AV vendors, and I think you can see that in a lot of the the change in the market. If you if you go back sort of six to eight years ago, we were competing against people like Silence, and then a few years later, people were talking about us versus Garden Black, and then that continued uh, to change and. Microsoft and and others. And I think if you just keep going back to the fundamentals from day one, we really focused on differentiation in the architecture. We've made sure that we designed a platform from the beginning. We We made sure that our agent was easy to deploy. It gave us the ability to, to continue to add new modules. So even then when, you know, when you see a lot of the competitors in this space, they're using traditional uh, technologies. They're trying to shift an on-premise solution into the cloud and call it cloud native, which is, you know, one of the topics, one of the points you raise in your question. Uh, a lot of their technology is not really cloud native. They store their telemetry on the endpoint, then they batch it up to the cloud. Just a lot of this architecture just really doesn't work well. And, and the person that suffers is always the end user, the customer buying the technology. So for us, it's, it's building on the fundamentals. It's making sure that we've got a platform that allows us to rapidly innovate, which is so critical in security and stay on top of all of the, the threats that are out there. Having followed this industry for a number of years, I know there is a new acronym that comes up every year, whether it's EDR, XDR, SASE, SOAR. So uh, as an investor who may not appreciate all the you know, details around these solutions, like what are the things that they can focus on in terms of seeing whether it's the efficacy of CrowdStrike or is it the data sets or the data lake that they have built over the years? Maybe, you know, if you can just articulate the value proposition that CrowdStrike has and how long that can be sustained because as, as we see across the industry, everyone is trying to do the same. There's a lot there in your question that I think is really interesting to, to talk about. When you look at the acronyms that are out there, you know, you, you ask a really, really good question because it is hard when everybody's saying the same thing. But I go back to my previous answer. It's really talking about the fundamental architecture again, right from the start, having that, that right architecture is, is 
so critically different. It's one of the things that sets us apart. When we look at efficacy and we look at third-party testing, testing centers that actually test your ability to prevent malware, they test your false positives, they test all of the critical components that keep a customer safe. They're not just sort of, you know, logging tests or, or they're not testing in isolation. They test all the components with, with real-world malware and we're, we're getting over 99% efficacy 99% plus real world prevention capabilities. You look at the ability for us to continue to innovate new modules. We've got 22 modules on the platform today that's built on the fact that we have that single agent architecture that allows us to, to rapidly innovate. And it means that our customers, they may come to us because they've got a next gen AV requirement today, but tomorrow they add uh, identity, they add vulnerability management. They continue to add new components like file integrity uh, monitoring. That's just such a critical differentiator because in security today, a lot of organizations struggle because they can't roll out the technology in the first place. They buy a product. It, it doesn't work. It doesn't scale. They need uh, to solve a new problem. They're going to roll out another agent. They're going to roll out another management console. Whilst these things may sound basic conceptually, if you think about it from an end user that has to roll out this technology, it's critical. And it's one of the big differentiators that, that uh, customers come to us because they've tried other products, even next-gen OV products. They haven't been able to roll them out. They get frustrated and they come to CrowdStrike and we can help them in a weekend, which is just unheard of. So is the kind of the output really in the quality of alerts that your products are generating versus uh, what a Microsoft or a Palo Alto Networks can do and, and really helping a client sift through those alerts faster? Quality of alerting is obviously very important. Go back to the comment that I made about prevention. Firstly, you need to have uh, phenomenal efficacy scores. You need to be able to detect the attacks, but you know, you then need to have a platform that the operator can actually use easily. That means one place to go for management. It's one agent to, to leverage. It's having a platform that's been built by incident responders, by people that know this, this domain so that from an end user perspective, it's easy to, to access the alerts. It's easy to navigate through the platform. We spend a lot of time in, on reducing noise. We, we spend a lot of time on reducing alert fatigue so that you can actually do threat hunting. Uh, we have concepts like CrowdScore, which helps give a score to give a, a risk level, if you will, give a threat level that allows customers to very easily, quickly and quickly see where they are at any given point in time, which is just uh, so different to other platforms that are out there. Going back to the initial comment that I made around hardware vendors trying to uh, do things through, you know, customized chips, whether it's because a lot of the AI differentiation can be tied to hardware. Is there anything along those lines that CrowdStrike is currently focused on, or is it just a software-based product where you really have better data when it, and better AI when it comes to, you know, catching a lot of these unseen attacks? Well, we are software, but we integrate with a whole range of different leading technology partners in the network space. So we've got a, we've got a number of different NDR vendors that have integrated together with our platform as part of the store and is creating an ecosystem of technology. But 
in terms of the way that we do our, we build our AI models. And it's one of those things that I don't think necessarily people understand. We have multiple models that run on the endpoint itself, but also in the cloud. We do a, a lot of heavy lifting, a lot of computationally expensive processes in the cloud, which makes it a lot more efficient. But importantly, we, we do it on the endpoint as well to make sure that if you're offline, if you're not connected to the internet, you still have, have leading prevention on the actual platform itself. So we, we use a combination of, of the different technologies to, to give us that high level of efficacy. But the one thing that I would point out is that, you know, whilst a lot of networking vendors talk a lot about endpoint security, I certainly haven't seen one and I'm sure, you know, you might give me an example, but I haven't seen previously a network vendor that's been able to successfully transition to endpoint. It's, it's, it's very hard and, and historically we've seen a number of people try it and, and that has never really translated. You look at things like the Gartner Magic Quadrants, you don't really see those network vendors becoming leaders in this space. And the reason for that is they just don't have the DNA or it, it does it have more to do with the fact that, you know, you have to approach the product from a very different perspective. It is a, di a totally different perspective. We've been doing this for 10 years. We continue to, to, to innovate. As I mentioned before, we, we designed a platform from the beginning to have uh, a lot of this capability. And it's just a simple, it's a very, very difficult domain. It's not to say people can't go down that path, but like I said, we've been, we've been building this capability for, for 10 years. This is where we are focused. We have the best team from an engineering perspective. And that's one of the things that translates into such a, such a quality product. Maybe we can, you know, move to the selling motion and. Typically, you know, security is a long proof of concept, longer sales cycle. And now you've got Microsoft as a competitor who's bundling their security, you know, with their office suite. So when you go to uh, a proof of concept, like what are the things you tend to focus on with regards to uh, differentiating your solution, especially with somebody like Microsoft? We've got incredibly favorable competitive situation right now. Our, our win rates, the highest they've ever been uh, in our proof of concepts. And the, the thing that I always look at is we focus on the outcome for the customer and the outcome includes the implementation of the technology. It's solving their security problems. It's turning other solutions that they have inside their env environment. So it helps and users with, with rationalizations, rationalization of, of other technologies. As I mentioned before, we've got 22 modules as part of the, the platform. So that one agent that we have with CrowdStrike Falcon can replace a number of different solutions. So when you put that um, into practice in a POC, the end user can see how easy it is to install this in their environment. And they can install this on their servers. It doesn't require reboots. They get to see that in real time. It works literally within five seconds. It's, it's running uh, post-install. It's preventing. It's sending telemetry to the cloud. They can see the ease of use in the management console. And like I said, we focus on value. We focus on the outcome. And they can see the, the efficacy of the solution pretty much immediately. But I, I guess when it comes to Microsoft specifically, are you seeing companies not going with Microsoft, even though they are bundling it and almost giving it for free, but uh, they want to deploy CrowdStrike specifically because the security is better? 
Well, that's the thing. I mean, it's never free, right? So whilst you think of having an E5 license and everything is bundled together, you still pay for that. And you've got to look at all of the other components that come with security. You've got to operationalize the technology. You still have to run it. You still need to have your management consoles and the complexity. You still have to think about how would the solution work when you're under attack? How easy would it be to, to leverage? And when customers look at all of those things combined, when they're doing their, their efficacy testing, when they're doing their usability testing, they pick, technically they pick CrowdStrike. And we see this more and more today. And so you mentioned about going from one segment to another is such a difficult thing for any networking vendor. You guys have been trying to branch into workload security now. So going beyond, you know, the endpoint devices and edge devices to workloads. Maybe if you can describe, you know, the workload security opportunity and what gives you the conviction that you have the best security when it comes to the workloads. Yeah, it's a great question. And the, the first thing that I would say with this is that it's what we've done from day one. The concept of the agents is, is that you can install it on a Windows device, a Mac device, on a Linux device, Android, and we keep branching that out. So it lends itself, it's a natural evolution to be able to install in cloud environments. So we see a significant opportunity here replacing a lot of legacy technology. There's a lot of, from a cloud perspective, there's, there's a lot of greenfield opportunity as well. So there's, the, the cloud is vastly unprotected. So the, if you think of our platform and you think of the Falcon agent, it really lends itself perfectly for this environment. And I think what makes us unique here is we can protect the underlying infrastructure that's used to run the cloud. You can use our technology in the cloud because of such having such a lightweight agent and we pr provide runtime security to prevent attacks. And then as, as I'm sure your listeners saw with our, our last earnings call, where we shared more information about what we're doing in this space, really helping with posture, cloud security posture management and going into those environments where you don't use an agent and giving people visibility and attack service minimization has, has been really successful for us. So I think we're really well-placed in this, in this market. You mentioned about adding modules, like, I mean, I know you now have over 20 modules, but how do you internally decide, okay, this is a good area to add a module now? Is it more driven by customers, what customers are asking, or does it have something to do with you identifying a new vector and really uh, seeing, you know, nobody else is uh, protecting that vector, so you're trying to grab that opportunity? It's a little bit of both, to be honest. I mean, the, the big thing is you have to listen to your customers. I, I spend every week connecting with customers all around the world. I love uh, talking to customers and, and you know, in, in days gone by, pre-COVID, I would sit in, in a sock and, and see what people are doing, what's working, what's not working. And we have a large team that, that really does that. And we get feedback from, from end users, from customers about what problems they're facing, what problems they're trying to solve. And, and, and that's so critically important. We, we also have to look at other issues, you know, where, where are the attackers going? What, what are the adversaries really focused on? We also look at the market as well. What, what are areas that customers really are looking for us to solve? So think of, think of concepts like data security. 
Uh, I haven't met a, an organization that told me I passionately love my DLP product. We, we acquired Secure Circle and, and we're integrating that technology into the platform to help with data protection. Huge pain point, an area of the market that uh, that's not really been served well. There's not a lot of innovation coming through. So it's a, it's a great focus area for us. So it's a bit of both. So how many new modules should we expect CrowdStrike to launch over the next one or two years? Well, well, we'll continue to innovate in this space. I go back to those fundamentals of having that single agent as part of the platform, and, and we're not going to ever move away from that. It means that we have the ability to continually add additional modules without the friction of having to deploy new agents, new management servers. So we'll continue to look at how we can address multiple customer pain points, how we can disrupt sectors that are, are dependent on legacy technologies. And, you know, we also continue to look at our, our M&A strategy and our partner strategy. So how do we continue to build an ecosystem of technologies that integrate? I think it's also important to call out, you know, what are you not going to do? And we want to remain focused. We want to remain specialists in, in our area. You're not going to see us go to other domains that are just radically different because it dilutes your, your focus. And so we'll partner with, with other vendors in that space so the customer gets an ecosystem. But, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting market right now. So we so need to look at M&A. So you're saying you're not going to replace the firewall? Well, we have a firewall uh, module for the endpoint, but are we going to go down the path of a network firewall? I, I don't think you're going to see that soon. Okay. So you do think uh, we'll be in a world where the firewalls, the on-prem firewalls are still relevant, but I, I guess every Fortune 500 company will need somebody like a CrowdStrike to protect the agents and the workloads, but the firewall still remains relevant. Uh, look, I think it remains relevant, but it's coming under a lot of pressure. If you think of remote work, if you think of cloud workloads, if you think of encrypted traffic, the importance of a firewall has, has been coming under pressure for a long time now. I don't want to say it's, it's not relevant or it's not needed, but it's certainly not as strategically important as, as the endpoint, as having the ability to deploy on, on-premise devices, in, in cloud environments, in other workloads, similar to what we are doing with, with the Falcon sensor. So in other words, if, you know, if a company really wanted to go all cloud and they don't have any data centers that they are running, they practically don't need a firewall, right? And, and so a CrowdStrike can cover pretty much everything from a workload and a device perspective. We can cover everything from, again, it all, it, it does come down to some of the architecture. You know, you might want to do some, some, you know, good practice to make sure people can't jump around through your cloud environment, but there's other tools that you can use to do that. So are there any critical workloads that you currently don't provide security for? And, and the reason I'm focusing on workloads is because that's the number one question we get from clients is, can you compare and contrast just the ARPU on the workload security side versus the user security side? I don't know if you have any comments around that. And then, and then just, you know, any critical workloads that I guess CrowdStrike doesn't cover or, or the solution doesn't cover right now. 
Yeah, it's a it's a, it's a good question. From what we covered today, as I said earlier, Windows, Mac, Linux, Android, iOS, we we cover all of the machines in your network. We cover it in your cloud. There's obviously a whole another area in terms of IoT devices, fixed function devices that maybe don't connect to the internet that still require security, and and that's an area that you know is interesting that we 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 continue to look at, but it's not part of the. The current focus uh, in saying that we have a lot of IoT deployments because more and more of these devices do connect to the internet. We are a cloud-based solution, so we, we need that to connect to the device and manage it. And that's something that that we keep looking at and and following the threat environment. And we'll we'll see where we go with innovation in that space. And does it bother you that you are not in that top right of the Gardner Magic Quadrant when it comes to endpoint detection? And there are a couple of vendors uh, who are above you in the Gartner EPP Magic Quadrant. Yeah. The last EPP Magic Quadrant that I looked at from from Gartner, I think we're we're very well placed there. We're furthest to the right in terms of our strategy, and uh, we had Microsoft uh, in their ability to to execute above us, but. You know, you, you let, you've got to be realistic. They they come bundled on the operating system, and they're a huge uh, organization. So, I'm I'm incredible. If I remember, Sentinel One was also above you, and I I don't know if it's EPP or EDR, but one of the endpoint, uh, which is why I, I feel there are just too many acronyms when it comes to all the endpoint sol- uh, security solutions. Yeah, I think if you go back and you have a look at the the Gartner Magic Quadrant for Enterprise Protection Platforms, which came out close to this time in 2021, and we were the clear leader in our completeness of vision, so the furthest to the right. And we were in a group of our own and the only person near us was, was, as I mentioned, Microsoft and they, they were ahead of us in ability to execute. They're a massive global organization. Their AV comes shipped on the, on the, on the operating system. So for us to be nearly level with them, I think is testament to the work that we've done. And we certainly are a standout leader. The gap to the others in the, in the magic quadrant is, is quite significant. You know, the gap to, I think it was trend and. McAfee and, and Sentinel One and Sophos that were all bunched together. And and so last question before we move over to some rapid fire questions. Do you see a world where, you know, right now, I mean, you've got a lot of success on the enterprise side and some of the banks have deployed CrowdStrike, but just wondering like how much consolidation has taken place in terms of just the number of vendors that these Fortune 100 companies are dealing with. Is CrowdStrike going to be the primary solution or do you expect enterprises to continue to use, you know, more than one provider of endpoint security and alerts and all that? Well, what I can tell you is every organization that I speak to always asks me about consolidation. How can they reduce the number of security solutions that they can use? How, how can they reduce the number of endpoints? And they're asking in context of, of what else can you do with the CrowdStrike platform? You've got 22 modules. What else can we turn off from other vendors? So my experience is you, you need to make sure that you have an agent, as I talked about, that allows customers to deploy more and more capabilities, solve more use cases, turn off other solutions, which is what we do with the with the platform. And then it's giving them an environment where you integrate with other solutions. And, and you need to make sure that the end user is not a systems integrator. That's not their role to make products that are badly built communicate. Uh, and that's why we have such a strong partner ecosystem 
where we integrate with, with people like Zscaler and Cloudflare and Proofpoint and Mimecast and others, it's easy for the end user. Uh, and we'll keep doing that with our, our technology. So let's move over to some rapid fire questions and you can keep your answers brief. What is one technology or trend that you are most excited about over the next one to two years? I think XDR and cloud, a lot of opportunity there uh, to innovate and to build tech. Anything outside of your space that you think is interesting to point out? I mean, look, I think they're the, the two biggest areas in, in, in security right now, which is why I call them out. Okay. So what is it that gives you peek into the future? And, and I, I'm sure, you know, you guys internally have some assumptions around looking at the business and uh, how you expect it to pan out. So what is it that could go wrong in those assumptions that you're making? The, the industry is, is obviously experiencing significant tailwinds as increasing threat environment and a digital transformation and agent consolidation drive growth. So there's, there's a lot going on there. So we kind of look at all of that. Peaking to the future is obviously the threat environment. What could go wrong is, is just that threat environment, digital transformation, how it all continues to play out. Does it worry you that, you know, CrowdStrike could be the recipient of a cyber hack? It doesn't worry me, but we always make sure that we, we don't have issues. It's, it's critical to our business to make sure we keep our customers safe and secure, but that's, that's always been the case for, for every security vendor. You need to do the right things to make sure you, you don't fall victim to an attack. What will be your most important channel when it comes to deploying uh, CrowdStrike and, and just, you know, where you'll be securing more business going forward? Well, we always say we're partner first. So our partners, and there's a whole range of different partners that we continue to, to work with. They, they love the Falcon platform. They love doing business with us. And we want to keep um, building that, that channel and partner ecosystem. Are there any dependencies when it comes to deploying CrowdStrike that you want to point out? As, as long as the, the Falcon sensor runs on a supported environment, like I said before, Windows, Mac, Linux, Android, iOS, cloud environments, container environments, you can deploy it and you need to have a connection to the cloud so you can manage the, the endpoint. That's it. Very simple. And you mentioned partners. So like, is there anybody on the partner side when it comes to ingesting data into your threat graph that is really important that, you know, you want the customer to have subscription to otherwise the efficacy will be impacted there's no requirement for third parties to to build the efficacy but one of the things that we announced last year was the crowdstrike xdr crowd alliance and that is where we are integrating with third parties and there's a whole range of different vendors across different security domains uh, many of which I, I mentioned before and that's an exciting area of innovation is there any threat that you see from the CDN vendors when it comes to what you guys are doing on the endpoint and workload side? Not, not really. I think, you know, we've, we've got great partnerships with, with vendors in that particular space. We announced another partnership, a more developed partnership with Cloudflare as an example last week. And we keep working on those, those integrations. So very exciting work actually. Last one, any misconceptions about CrowdStrike that you want to clear? Well, I think, you know, listening to a few of your questions and around the, the market, the biggest thing that I'd go back to is I think talking about CrowdStrike as, as an endpoint 
vendor or a platform player. And I think obviously we're the clear leader in this space. Our, our, our earnings call uh, a week ago, I think shared a lot of information that demonstrates our platform and the ability for us to continually rapidly innovate. And yeah, I go back to Craftsrite being a platform vendor, being the clear leader and, and having amazing um, execution that we continue to focus on and keep innovating. Anything you want to add around the Russia situation in terms of potential cyber attacks that could come from there or anything else you want to point out? Yeah, look, I think there's, there's a lot there, but briefly, obviously a very tragic situation. We, we, we haven't seen an incredible amount of cyber attacks targeting the West. I certainly expect that they will come and we're going to see a lot of e-crime actors and a lot of people patriotic to Russia, probably very active. So we are always on high alert. We always tell our customers that we're on high alert. That's why we recommend people have threat hunting. That's why we build threat intelligence into our platform to keep ahead of what the adversary is doing. But certainly if, if people haven't spent time being protected and, and working on their readiness, they should be doing that now. Thank you so much, Michael. This has been wonderful. I really appreciate the time and thanks to our listeners. Uh, again, we'll have another podcast coming up next week, but thanks to CrowdStrike for joining this week and congrats, Michael, on all the success that you guys have had. Thank you so much.